Welcome to the No Shame on You podcast, where we talk to mental health professionals, educators, and advocates. No Shame on You is a 501c3 organization dedicated to eliminating the stigma associated with mental health conditions and raising awareness. Our goal is for people who need help to seek it, for family members and friends to know how to provide proper support and to save lives. Now, here's your host, No Shame on You's founder and president, Miriam Ament. Welcome to the 26th podcast of No Shame on You, an organization dedicated to eliminating the stigma associated with mental health conditions and raising mental health awareness. My name is Miriam Ament, and I am the founder and executive director of No Shame on You. Today, we are thrilled to be joined by Sophie Trauber and Max Hobhouse, who spent the summer biking from Portland to NYC to raise mental health awareness. Hi, Sophia Max. So nice to have you here today. Thanks for having us. Likewise, pleasure to be here. Yeah, it's um, it's a lot of first. It's our first international podcast, and it's our first uh, time interviewing two people together. So this is a very exciting uh, day for us. Um, so tell us a little bit about each of you. Where are you from? Where are you located now? What are you up to? All right. I guess I'll ladies first. I'll kick it off. Um, so originally uh, from London, but I moved to the Bay Area in California when I was five. Um, and I'm currently in Boulder, Colorado, finishing my undergrad in communications and business. Great. <laughs> and then I am uh, was born in London as well and grew up just in a tiny village outside. Did my undergrad at UC Berkeley and so that was kind of my exposure to the US. And now I'm back in London doing a master's, trying to upskill myself once again. <laughs> Great. Um, so what, I'm going to just jump right in. What what gave you the, the idea to do this bike trip together? Does, nice. I, uh, maybe I'll start with this, but I think Sophie can tell you why she was mad enough to try and join in. Um, <laughs> my The bike trip kind of originated um, due to my discomfort with how mental health was being communicated in the media in the UK, especially throughout 2020, which was a year which saw our lives completely change. Uh, I can only speak for England, but we went into three national lockdowns and were very locked up. And throughout all that, the media was saying there was this mental health crisis and raising the awareness, which I think was fantastic, but almost raising hysteria that didn't promote any solutions, practical day-to-day things to do, and didn't actually have a normal conversation around mental health. So just said there was a mental health crisis and left everyone in that state. And so I thought I would try and do a challenge to raise money for um, James's Place as a men's psychiatrist prevention charity and uh, do it over a long, I always wanted to do it over a long period of time so that there would be a continuous and long conversation which would help normalize mental health that's awesome that's awesome sophie anything you want to add yeah so i um max and i have always been quite transparent in our own mental health um for uh over our friendship and so when he brought this idea up in you know, about january earlier this year um i couldn't resist but to get involved with it whether from an you know orga- originally from an organization standpoint communication standpoint um, but it ended up me just coming along for the whole ride. Um, and yeah, we're both so passionate about it. We're very different backgrounds, but I think that those different backgrounds kind of um, 
kind of brought our perspective together really well because um, we're kind of two different sides of the coin in terms of awareness. Oh, that's interesting. So you complemented each other and then together sort of we're a nice team. We like to think so. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, um, so that's, so thank you for the background um, about uh, raising awareness and sort of the length of time to try to normalize the conversation. What was your experience like? Like what were people's reactions along the way? Cause you really went sort of across the US. So what, um, what did you find um, in terms of meeting people and, and, and the, uh, you know, the kind of conversations you were having with people about what you were doing and why you were doing it? I think we kind of, we hit a lot of different areas with this because obviously, you know, two British matching jerseys rolling into a very small town is quite a, quite a thing to see. It became quite a, a spectacle. Um, <laughs> so we get a lot of questions from local people about what we were doing. Um, and we were honestly just so surprised by how amazing their reaction was to what, to our cause. Um, and, and more so we had so many opportunities along the way to talk to um, a couple of mental health professionals. And, um, you know, we, we are by no means mental health professionals, but it was amazing to see it, um, how our experience in our generation is truly what the professionals are trying to advocate now. Um, you know, just being being supportive for your friends, not um, stigmatizing the conversation. Um, I, I think, that, honestly, the people were the highlight of the trip. I'm sure Max has a lot to add on to that. Uh well, not really, but I just to reiterate that I think everyone's reaction was either uh, massively supportive and very engaged. And I think the engagement really surprised me was whether it was around the conversation on mental health or it was actually, I can see two kind of English people in front of us suffering. Um, so we're going to help out. Um, and I, I don't, and even if we brought up with people who are doing mental health and that, they weren't engaged in that conversation. They, yeah, as I said before, they would assist in other ways. And I think that really highlights kind of the nature of the subject and the conversation. Um, yeah. That's really nice. And you, you mentioned um, mental health professionals that you met along the way. Did you seek people out in the different cities or did you come across people as you were talking? Um, they would say, I'm a mental health professional. So there was one instance, um, we met this very lovely lady in Kansas, um, and she had a friend who works for um, Yellow Ribbon. Um, and so we ended up calling him and kind of talking about his work with um, specifically youth. Um, and he was just, he, his, the, his main point is to spread awareness because you find that um, a lot of uh, kids in these smaller towns just simply don't have the understanding of what depression or anxiety or all of that even is so just to explain to them that that is natural and here's what you can do about it um was kind of his his feedback in his experience that's really neat that's really cool uh did you have any particular aha moments where you saw the impact of what you were doing like either the change in someone's sort of expression as you were telling them what you were doing or um, someone's behavior or even the way they were talking about mental health, anything like that, where you was really like, oh, wow, like this is really real. We are really making a difference or even with some of the press coverage you had. I think there were quite a few instances of that, but the first thing that jumps to my mind is, um, forget what, I think we were near Philadelphia or somewhere around there and we got a, um, a couple of newscasters came to interview us when we stopped for dinner. Um, and we were talking to uh, the lady who was interviewing us 
and she started opening up about um, her, you know, close family's experience with suicide and just how blown away she was, what we were doing. And then she gave us a hundred dollar bill to cover for our dinner. Um, and she just, oh, yeah, wow. just, she looked, you know, honestly, she looked like she was on the verge of, you know, it, I think it's really, it really inspires hope to see people our age, putting ourselves out there like this to really a re- raise awareness and funds for a cause that is so close to so many people's hearts. Right. That's beautiful. That's really, really nice. Max, is there anything you want to add to that? Yeah. Um, I think for me, I, the aha moment is like, that would probably, I don't think I ever got into a conversation long enough to have that moment, but the amount of people that um, I think opened up and then they found that opening up itself, uh, talking about maybe mental health that had issues with their family and their friends and having that space to talk about it, I think was, uh, yeah, a few moments that I think people probably found very um, refreshing and gave yeah gave them the space just to be able to talk about a subject they normally don't. Um, and yeah, no, I've got nothing else to add. Right, no, and I I know that from my work because I worked in the mental health world. A lot of times, people will open up. You just tell them what you do. So I would imagine that much more when you're biking across the country and you're just meeting so many people. And like you said, you're showing up with matching jerseys and you're with your bikes in town and you're British. So all of that, people must really because um, in America, British accents are like the, <laughs> as I'm sure you discovered, like the coolest thing ever. So um, people, I would imagine, opened up that much more. Um, that's really, um, yeah, I actually that's, I know that's not on topic, but I am curious. Did a lot of people comment on like your accents and where you're from? And that was like, they were truly fascinated. I, I think we're both kind of used to that now as we, we both spent a lot of time living here. So we just kind of, you know, they were, Oh, I love your accent. And we always say, no, we love your accent. <laughs> we don't, we don't have an accent. It's like, oh, hey, that's you do have an Is it really I, Oh, go ahead. I think um, one thing that happened, which was new for me, is the amount of people that thought I was Australian. Because normally oh. on the case, I think people are more exposed to a bit of a prim, proper English accent. And in the Midwest, they all just thought I was Australian. Maybe I've got a bit of a, uh, like, looseness to how I pronounce and speak. But, yeah. <laughs> so that was new that's, for me. Oh, that's interesting. That's really funny. But generally, it's like there's always a reaction to when, like, as soon as you talk, people do you like, do you, can you tell that there's a different reaction than if you were uh, coming out with like my kind of accent or something? Um, and then people stop and stare, but that might be more to do with us than the accent. No, I, I just kid. Um, I, I think, yeah, Sophie was quite right. She nailed it, uh, nailed it on her first response. We're both used to it, I think, by now. I think it definitely inspired like more interest and you know as soon as we open our mouths start talking I think that a blown away by the fact that we're cycling across the country it's like you're you're crazy but also then you you start speaking your English accent like oh yeah you really are crazy it makes sense now but it's that they become way more interested right 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 Right. like that it's interesting that that's a piece of it that probably got more attention than it might have because like I I didn't even think of that but as you're talking it, it makes sense that people would um, it would get you more attention or people would be like, oh, I just met these really two cool people, you know, and it wouldn't have been as exciting if they were, if you were from Chicago, you know, like where I'm yeah. from, you know, that's not, <laughs> not as exciting. So actually um, did, can I tell a little story about that? Um, please? Yeah. At the end of our first week, we were coming into Clarkston, Montana, or no, is that, uh, no, Washington, and got a puncture at the end of a hundred mile day. It's the last thing you want. 
Right. And then we crossed over to Lewiston, Idaho. And the first five minutes, um, I cycled into someone as they were opening their door. Well, they opened their car door into me. And I'm flying over the handlebars. And so I hit land on my out, like shoulder and had to go get it looked at. And the next day, we took as a rest day because going to ER and everything. And we called my brother at lunch. And then a couple behind us overheard our conversation. And then once I finished calling my brother, jumped in and said, you have to meet this crazy English person who's also in town. And then from that led to like a series of events that we were some of our biggest fans continuously on our social media would like and comment on our photos who really engaged the community around them. And that, and then were very engaged in what we were doing. But that initial interest only came from our weird English accents. That's really so I think in that sense, it probably really helped our trip because any man or number of Americans might be doing it and all for great courses. But I think in terms of standing out and getting engagement, just having that accent and looking a bit odd and funny probably did help us. That's that's really interesting. And you were originally going to do this in um, in Europe, right? Because it was top to. I mean, and, and we didn't even talk about top to bottom as the name of your uh, website and and your social media. And do you want to talk? I know again, we're not totally on topic, but I think it's interesting. Do you want to talk a little bit about why you ended up uh, not not doing the bike trip in Europe and, and coming to America to do it? Which it sounds like actually you might not have been, um, the accent wouldn't have been as noticeable in, in Europe. So so that's a plus that, you know, that that happened. That's um, true. It was um, mainly down to mainly down to COVID reasons. Um, every country seemed like it was, had a different, you know, different set of rules to follow. And, you know, what could have been a two month cycle ride could have ended up being a year long cycle ride with all the quarantining and everything. Um, but th that being said, our name top to bottom, even though we weren't actually going top to bottom of the continent, uh, we still decided to keep it because it, it definitely represented our belief in mental health in general, which is, you know, you need to connect your head to your toes. It's not just a mental experience. It's also a physical one, an environmental one. Um, so yeah, it's stuck and I'm happy it did. Yeah, so yeah. I, it's ex exactly, it's so perfect. And I love that it came about for one reason, but it's really so appropriate anyway. So you mentioned a little bit that you met that reporter, I think it was in Philadelphia. You, you, I know you got, you know, when, when people look you up, you'll, they'll see that you got a lot of uh, press attention. What was, what was that like? And in some cases, did you not know reporters or journalists or someone was coming and they, you just sort of, uh, you know, were the talk of the town and next thing you knew you were like in the local paper or how did, how did that work? I think um, normally we had a heads up if we were going to meet local news. And this is something, something that happened after Chicago. Um, and uh, there was a bizarre moment. We went for coffee one morning and someone pulled, like shouted out the window, hey, y'all, y'all two, sorry, apologies, attempting an American accent, but you two, the ones that um, were on the local paper. And that was a bizarre moment. But actually That's to give cool. Sophie a lot of, credit is I'm normally walking to any room like high and max quite outgoing but actually put me in front of a camera I'm 100% useless and Sophie was fantastic and has an ability to communicate and, and speak fluently and naturally to reporters and I think that was a great benefit to the trip. It was especially difficult though if you finish like in a hundred mile day and all you want to do is shower and eat and 
not sit on a bike anymore and then you'd get there to the reporters and it would be quite a snap back to in the zone again um but it, again it was that's exactly why we were doing it was to get the word out so it was quite easy for us to be like all right this is it this is why we're doing it let's attack it <laughs> that's awesome and that that shows your strength and because i mean considering this is about mental health awareness you had to have you had to be taking care of yourself enough to know that like when you needed to rest, like you talked about taking a rest day when you had a rough couple of days there. And um, even just to snap back, it's draining to be on for cameras or on for a reporter and all that kind of stuff. So I think it's impressive that you knew sort of how to switch back and forth and when to just decompress. Absolutely. I think, I think we're both still kind of decompressing from the summer as a whole, honestly, it was quite a, you know, coming back to schools and just uh Oh, I had to go back to classes again. It was actually, I had to be in the same place for more than three days at a time. What's getting back to normal life like, you know? So it was, right. yeah, it was crazy experience. So <laughs> Right. That's so different. There was no studying. You were, your, your studying was, was cycling and like, that was the focus and, and, and the awareness, but like so different than the routine of being a student. So. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I, th I think to actually to talk about that return to normal life, I think there's a simplicity to your time on the road that even when we were exhausted at the end of the trip I think we both knew we would miss um but then at the same time the world doesn't stop just because you're cycling and both of us I know Sophie went straight back to college moved in started classes within a week I had a bit more time but now it's been it's over a month and a half and it took me until yesterday to get back on the bike oh sure. um and then yesterday I went out and did my first long ride and your body feels great but actually in terms of decompressing and looking after yourself, I went and had doctor's checkup and doctor's orders were just, just chill out. Just chill out. <laughs> and that's something that if you know me or Sophie, we're probably not the best at. Um, and so, yeah, I think returning to normal life and decompressing, I think in its own, own way, I think we were both so worn out and exhausted by the end of it. And your life has been literally turned upside down and on the road for two months that it's been a now you've had time to reflect on it and decompress and relax it's been a real I don't know warming moment and looking back on the summer for me is very, very pleasurable great great um and that's good to hear that you you know you're taking care of yourselves in the ways that you, you need to um, what are your future plans with regard to mental health advocacy? I know you're both in school now, you're both very busy. Um, do you, you know, plan to, you know, on the side, continue this when you have time? Cause I know you're, you know, with all that you have going on. Uh, originally we, um, were planning to complete our ride from the top to bottom of Europe and it's, it's, we haven't completely, um, got rid of that idea yet. Um, but I think in terms of where we are in our life, it's absolutely something I want to continue to advocate for. I'm very open with all my friends about it and they know that I'm a resource to come and talk to whenever. Um, so hopefully in the future, I would love to continue working in this field. Where I am now, however, I find myself busy from 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. every night just trying to be a student. So I'm right. trying to keep my own mental health in check at the moment. Right. But, um, right. but it's very important work and it is something I definitely hope to continue. Great. Max? Um, I think for me, before the trip, I wouldn't have been someone who put myself out there as a resource available for uh, friends or even just acquaintances. Um, and I think that's definitely something that's happened since the trip has changed is I've come back and I noticed 
that in our business school, there's no it's a very intense program and there's no real emphasis put on the resources available. And so I brought that up and I think my I want to continue working on it and just having it ticking over as an active part of my life. Um, I've also set up a kind of group within my cohort that is all planning on doing a half Ironman in the spring and hopefully a full one in the summer. And I think we're going to get together and raise some more money for mental health. And it's, it may not be in the same area, but it's actually, it's getting new people involved in the conversation. And so while we're not maybe dedicating it to top to bottom and what we've been supporting so far, I think the journey and the connection continues as Sophie says, your like lives take different directions and what you're able to do is restricted just by the ebbs and flow of what you're doing in your life. Right. No, but that's great. And an Ironman, that, that's that's quite uh, an ambitious. <laughs> I might not be joining the full Ironman, but a couple of people in the group we've built have been like very much they want to do it. That's great. That's awesome. And that's that's awesome that both of you, you know, with all that you're doing, still, you know, have it in your mind that this it, that this is a cause you're you're definitely devoted to. Um, where can people find more about your journey about top to bottom on your social media and your website and in any place else? Um, a website is definitely a great place to go. Um, so that's top to bottom usa.org. And then uh, if you if, uh, people actually want to see uh, photos of the trip, stories, just a little bit more um, personal uh, st- stuff, then they should go on our Instagram, which is T and then the, le- the number two B USA. Great. So. <laughs> great. Thank you. And is there anything I want to, before I forget, I want to thank Ellery Shutan, who was No Shame on You's Lewis Summer intern this summer, who introduced us to you, uh, to both of you. So I'm very excited she made this intro and we got to connect like this and have you on our podcast. Um, but before we um, end things, is there anything else you want to share or any um, final words you want to um, you know, share with people about mental health or your journey or anything else? Uh, well, I, I'm so honored to be on this podcast because I think the work that you guys are doing is incredible, extremely relevant. And um, I think the transition going, you know, as we're experiencing now, it's not fully out of COVID, but still that transition back into the rigor of everyday life is definitely an adjustment. Um, so it's important for people to, you know, get the help that they need, not in not in crisis but you know as a preventative measure you know be open talk to people and don't let it build up so much that it feels unmanageable right right and max anything you want to add to that i think the thing i'd like to add to that is when you're like looking at the world around you you only see snapshots into other people's lives at the moment from this call you've seen me and sophie both at university continuing education and actually let me tell you something about myself is that you're not always there and it's one day at a time and there's lots of little things that you need to develop your own routine to look after yourself and your own mental health so that you can be support or be supported by those around you and it might yeah as I say it might look like me and Sophie have our lives together but I can tell you that two and a half years ago I was in a very different place and actually reaching out for the professional resources and um, learning to embrace that journey which is a very tough one of reflection and development the rewards i get are unbound and unknown and what i would say is reach out if you're struggling with your mental health to professional resources and try and find a trusted friend and if you are someone and a friend reaches out to you just be with 
open to accommodating to their, uh, yeah, how they've reached out and support them in any way you know how to. And never ever devalue someone else's lived experience. So it can be the most devastating thing. Yes. Yeah, sorry. Um, having an inconcise tirade, but one that feels very important. No, <laughs> very, very important. And I can relate to uh, being invalidated. So <laughs> it's, I'm very glad you shared that. And thank you for sharing a little bit about your own journey. Um, very inspiring. Um, and I, clearly you've made a difference in so many lives across, across the world, <laughs> across the country this summer, uh, the US country and across the world. Um, being that you're sort of in our first international guest. So, so thank you um, so much for being here and we'll look forward to seeing more from you and following you on, on your social media. And um, I just wanna thank you for taking the time to join us um, you know, in your busy schedules uh, taking time out to, to be here today. Cool, well, thank you for having us. I really enjoyed it. Thank you once again. All right, thank you, ma'am.